Hello everyone, this is Mark. Before we get into this episode, I just want you to let you know that the main filling uh, of the horror sandwich this week does actually deal with some uh, strong topics uh, regarding like suicide and abuse. So if that's something that you don't want to listen to, um, we understand. We're back again, Matthew. It's f up February. We're on the third episode now. Only one yeah, more to go. We are, we are doing severe long-term damage to our emotional health i think we are doing we are doing um i had actually already seen uh this week's film so i don't know why i put myself through it again um but you know we're here to entertain the masses and what should the masses do the masses should download this episode mm-hmm. then head right over to facebook and find creative psychopaths and join the group and then you know Offer us words of comfort and encouragement because we'll, we're going to need them. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, we'll make you see God. Um, yeah. Aside from that, let's go. Hello everyone and welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are those horror sandwiches we hear you shout from the dining hall? Well, I'll tell you what they are. You've got a lovely... Sickening. Sickening is what they are. Sickening, awful horror sandwiches. But we have a movie filling surrounded by chatty, bready goodness. I'm Mark and uh, the other voice you can hear is Matthew. Say hello. Hello there. Hello. Talking of murders, um, this is unrelated, but let's get into that first slice of bread where we murder the podcast. I really don't know what's going on. My brain's on. No, we aren't. We're not Segway. We're, we're like George Bush on a Segway. That was uh, a worst. we fell off one. That was the worst Segway ever. But anyway, so we're going to catch up on our New Year's resolutions. Because, well, well yeah. we're halfway through February now, so we, we've <laughs> we've had a... I think we've had enough time to know whether they're going to stick or not. We've had a chance to go at it. Now, my New Year's resolution was to watch, what, 100 films that I hadn't seen yet. Um, And I think I'm on 68 now. Um, So I think it's safe to say that you're doing all right with that. Yeah. I I know me that at some point I'm going to go, oh, I'm all right now. I can do that later, and then I'll end up panic watching twenty films or something. No, I reckon you're gonna get you're gonna get that just from the podcast, most likely. I don't know because keep watching films I've already seen because I'm only uh, I'm only ranking things that I have. And... Well, so I'll start picking stuff that you've not seen then, just to just to help you out, just get you over the line. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, um. What would you say is your favourite of the these new watches? Then, what what's the best and worst? Uh, the worst one that I have watched. Um, oh, there was a there was a movie called Bedeviled, which was just it was about a killer phone app, which was just it was just awful. Do you know what I mean? There was there was nothing to it at all, and it it dragged on a lot longer than it needed to. 
um, which was a horror film, in fact. Okay, so uh, yeah, because there's there's two bedeviled, and uh, yeah, I can see that there's there's one here that you've given it one star. Yeah, which yeah. out out of uh, out of the people I follow on Letterboxd is the highest review that's been given. Oh, really? Because uh, yeah, pre- previous guest Chloe, she gave it half a star. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, in the past, uh, you you said to me that you don't mess around with half a star, and I've taken that. No, on board. I'm not a half star guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a very simple system. If it, you know, if it's very bad, bad, all right, good, very good. Yeah, I, I've I've sort of followed that um, that thing, but uh, I found myself I found myself discovering a sort of uh, new director. Well, not a new director, an old director, but one that I'd never seen the movies of. Uh, Ingmar Bergman. Oh, oh yes, yeah. one of the the old time greats. Well, I, I've never seen any any of his films, but I watched um, Persona, which was actually it's actually certainly virgin on being a horror film. Um, but since then, I've been sort of dipping in and out of his movies, and I just find them really, really fascinating. I watched the Seventh Seal, Seventh Seal. The, Seal the other day. Yeah, um, did it make you think of the bit in Bill and Ted where the playing all the board games against death. It did, it did. The thing because about the I seven... watched the film and couldn't get that out of my head the whole time. <laughs> I think the thing about The Seven Seal is that's literally all I knew about it was that a guy plays <laughs> uh, death at chess. That was like, yeah. that's all I know about this film. Um, and of course, there's a lot more to it than that. And it's actually, there's got some decent funny parts that I wasn't expecting. But yeah, overall, overall, I've, I've been doing all right. I'm happy to um, have been increasing my movie knowledge as it were um yeah i don't think there's anything else well there there is another movie that i want to bring up but i'm going to bring that up in our other slice of bread oh sizzle oh well actually i'm going to uh i'm going to just stake this then i think with your ingmar bergman enjoyment here, I think that we should do an episode of Hour of the Wolf somewhere down the line. Since one of his, uh, there is an outright horror film. All right, okay. So, I think that uh, that we should we should have a go at it. Absolutely, I'm down for that. Yeah. So, uh, how are you doing with your resolution? So, I had two resolutions. Uh, one of them was very, very simple. It was watch Friday the 13th films on Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And, and did you achieve? We, we, I I failed spectacularly. <laughs> we, had, we had one Friday the 13th, and I made the mistake of arranging a date night with my good lady, and we got home about 11 o'clock, and I thought, if I start it now, it still counts. So I got right. in, put put Friday the thirteenth part two on, and I got a, not very far into it before I fell asleep because I'm an old man who goes to bed early now. <laughs> uh, so I've seen you know the, the opening of it. I can't tell you much about it because I can't remember it. But so, I wonder if that yeah, still that's... technically counts because he did it, start it. I'm not counting it. I, I <laughs> counted that I. You know, I did put it on, but the fact that I can tell you literally nothing about it, I think disqualifies me from counting it. Fair enough, fair enough. So failed at the first hurdle. Um, yeah. 
The next one was, am I right in saying you were going to read more horror? I did say that. And this one I have been much more successful at. So I have read two complete horror books now, and I'm about halfway through a third. So the first one that I read was The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And that is an absolutely fantastic book. It was brilliant. Loved it. Just, it's the story of a group of Native American uh, men who 10 years ago uh, committed a, a brutal act against the natural world and 10 years later pay the price. Oh, uh, and there, there is, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff about, you know, the sort of the guilt, you know, the, the so- social standing of Native Americans in the US. And uh, Stephen Graham Jones is a Native American guy. You know, it is a theme of his his books. And yeah, yeah, there's some really like really great stuff. And I think that there must be an adaptation in the works. I don't know this for sure, but there is probably going to be some really striking imagery in it that I think would be fantastic. If a good director gets hold of it, there's a really excellent film in there. Right, yeah, that sounds great. I think the the only thing I'd probably mention is I would have ended it a bit sooner than than the book did because I think there's a very... there's I can like The ending that, that he went with, it makes total sense. I, I completely understand where he did it. Mm-hmm. But I just think there's a, a really good sort of ambiguous ending that does still wrap up the story if you cut right. it in a, in a certain point. So, yeah, I think that if it if it ever does come out uh, as a film, I will be there opening night because I think it'd be great. Oh, that sounds uh, good. The second book that I read, uh, I actually mentioned it just on the review that was uploaded recently, and it was The Cabin at the End of the World, the, uh, the Paul Tremblay one. Ah, you wanted to get it out before you... Uh... I, I got out before I... Uh, yeah. So the the one I actually wanted to read uh, was A Head Full of Ghosts, but I thought because Knock at the Cabin was coming out, I, I, I would get that one out of the way first just so I could see it. And again, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good book. Uh, it slows a bit towards the end, but yeah, it was, goes in some very different directions to what the film goes in. Uh, I won't say it because it upset spoilers, but uh, and I think a lot of the the questions and ideas in it sort of separate at the same time, uh, which I, I think the book was better than the film. Right? Yeah. So, I must admit, I, I I quite fancy the book actually. I, I fancy giving it a go. Um, it's so weird that the book's got such a good title and the. The film's got a really odd title. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't really get it either. But because it's not like it's not like they were hiding the fact that it was an adaptation, so it was very strange. No, it's it's there in the uh, yeah in the title. Mm. But yeah, and then at the minute, I'm uh, halfway through the book Horror Store. Horror Store. Yeah, so that is by Grady Hendrix. So he's just had one of his film, uh, his books adapted into a film. Uh, he wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, right, yeah. I just watched I, I watched that recently, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. it came out 
sort of probably that autumn last year. Um, mm. Had the girl from uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Castle Rocking and Eighth Grade. And I can't remember her name, which is very rude. But yeah, so he, I, I would be very surprised if this one doesn't follow as an adaptation as well. Uh, it's basically from what I, you know, where I am so far, it is a haunted IKEA. <laughs> and yeah, it's like the book is laid out like it's an IKEA catalog. Wow, that's really you know, these good. little yeah, there's little bits about products and you know uh you know the you know the way that sort of IKEA sell things and that. Uh, I mean if you just find the cover of it, you'll see exactly what it's going for. I'm looking at it now, yeah. It looks really it looks really good, really clever. That's quite yeah, a, but that's it's, interesting. Yeah, it's good so far. Uh, I've not got to any sort of big scares or anything like that in it, but it's you know, there's some nice creepy stuff that's that's coming up. Uh you know, it's it's quite broad, very easy to read. And I'm enjoying it so far. So yeah, I'll probably talk about it a bit more next time we, we do, we do one of these resolution roundups. <laughs> oh, I love that, the old resolution roundup. That's that's lovely. That's lovely. Well, <sighs> Let's get away from this lighthearted chat and get into the effed up February. Um, here is your delicious, delicious filling, which is the French movie Mars from 2008. Um, some of you may remember that this was at the top of my um, foreign movies list. Um, I think I also cited that I never really wanted to watch it again. Um <laughs> I probably should have followed that. Um, that's spoiler, isn't it? <laughs> so this movie is directed. I'm actually going to have to apologise because I think that I'm not going to pronounce a single name here, right? <laughs> um, so the director was Pascal Logier, and um, I've only really written down a couple of cast members, which was Mylene Jamponi as Lucy and more Anna Al. Ala Ui as Anna and Catherine Bean? Bain as Mademoiselle. And really, it's a very, very small cast. Um, there's not a lot to it. Um, budgeted in at 2.8 million euros, um, but the only box office I could get was $1.1 million. But I'd suggest that that's quite a loss, really, because... The dollars, I don't think, stronger than the euro. Um, oh, especially not in 2008, doesn't it? Yeah. But presumably not in 2008, I would suggest that the euro was probably... No, but you do wonder if that budget is sort of US domestic box office or anything like that, if it's yeah, yeah. better elsewhere. It's, uh, it's certainly it... got a reputation since. Yes, yeah, for sure. It's, it's something that I think we've come up with... Um, each one of these effed up February so far is that that these movies tend to get a bit of a cult following, and I think they make their money back on home video. So it's it's sort of a struggle for us in terms of you know we have this box office figure, but we can't. It's not that we can't, or we don't really have access to what it has made over time because that's just not how these things work. Yeah, and the other thing is, is putting that you know that dollar number on it it's no 
indication on the quality of a film, is it? You know, that no. If you look through the, the top hundred highest grossing films ever, you're not going to say they're the hundred best films ever, are you? No, no. Very, very true. In fact, I hate Avatar. Um <laughs> that's uh I like that. <laughs> Ah, well, I haven't seen the second one, but I didn't like the first one. Anyway, um, we're not here for Avatar. We're here for Martyrs. Now, Martyrs is a movie of two parts, and I think if we'll focus on the first part and then move on to the second part, if that's uh, all right with you. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay with me. So part one follows, well, we see uh, young Lucy running away from a situation that we sort of vaguely get explained what happened to her, in which case she was tortured in a, in a warehouse, I think it is. Um, Just again for so what you said about all these films sort of struggling and then gaining a following afterward. Another thing they all link is that they all seem to have really strong opening scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this has got a very strong opening scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lucy goes to a... I don't know if it's like an orphanage or a home or something like that. I think they're like, um, is it a hospital? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and there she meets Anna and they sort of, um, well, they start a lifelong friendship. Um, we sort of see that obviously Lucy is, um, you know, well, suffering the trauma of what's happened to her. And I think uh, Anna sort of takes up a sort of, well, very much a parenting role with her, which I think evolves later on. Um, yeah, mm, sort of a. Well, she she's her entire support network, isn't she? She is, yeah. And then I think they rely on each other actually quite a lot. Um. So yeah, so getting into the horror, horror elements of this, it cuts to sort of fifteen years later, and we, um, we see if we have a family, and they're sort of you know just seems like a normal family getting on with their lives and then uh and an an aged up lucy shows up and well it starts being a home invasion movie for a bit doesn't it yeah she goes <laughs> bang bang blasts them all oh i've lost yeah, yeah, i said she goes bang bang <laughs> yeah, she, yeah she, she just blasts them all and then yeah she it's this film ramps up very quickly, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It, it, it very quickly, and it, it it skips itself through a few subgenres, really. So we get this sort of home invasion part where um, we see her; she kills everybody, including you know the children. You know, one's eighteen, and obviously one's younger than that. Um, and it doesn't. There's no. Um, it doesn't hold your hand. It shows you what's going on. There's no. It's pretty grim. Um, and then Lucy seems to be somewhat haunted by a ghost. Uh, Some kind of dead monster thing, isn't it? Dead monster thing. The dead monster thing seems... Dead monster woman. Intent on injuring her. Um, And of course, Anna shows up at the house and Lucy is claiming that the people in the house are the people that hurt her when she was a kid. Um. I'm doing a lot of plot. 
Saturday. Yeah, we're going back to the old days a little bit, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I don't mean to. I just thought I want to give context for sort of what's happening in this movie, really. Um. So. Yeah, it, it's difficult to watch. I think to start with this film because um, we know that she's been through this thing, and you know, without knowing anything, we don't know. Uh, to from the outside looking in, she's just she really has lost it, and she's just killing a family of, well, just this good family. Um, and then of course, yeah, like we're, we're not given any moral standpoint for the this no. part of the film. We're we're, no. we're, we're taking it on <laughs> th- this person's word that these, I mean, we we know for a fact that the kids are, haven't done anything. No, so I mean that yeah, that's true. That puts you in a in a terrible position from the off. But also we just have it on her word that the adults are the people that tortured this person. But so we're, we're you know, we're either taking it on faith or we're witnessing a delusional person or a mistaken person just go on a rampage. And we know that she's not in the best of mental health because we you know we're seeing her breakdown, we're seeing her have these visions, and we we know that this person's come from a place of trauma. So it's like it puts you on a an awkward footing because at the same time as, as all this is going on, if she is right, you kind of want to <laughs> you're kind of cheering her on in a way, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, and you, I think Anna, you sort of live through her as a character really because she shows up to this event and. Again, like you say, we know enough to know that she's been through all this trauma, but so does Anna. And then, you know, it's like uh, she asks all the questions that you're asking as an audience member. Like you just said, he's like, are you sure about this? And, you know, what the hell have you done here? Um, but she's seems to be hyper aware that there's uh, there's also something else going on. But we know that there's, um, as I said, like a monster monster lady trying to get Lucy. Um, and the design of the monster lady, I would say, is very, very creepy. It certainly uh, puts you on edge. Um, I said the there's, there's a, a jump scare right before sort of the events of the you know the main film take place, isn't there? And that's that's very affecting. It is very affecting. Yeah, it does get you that one. It does. Um, so. I think lean, we'll sort of lean into really what what happens, and it, we're, we're, the monster lady starts hurting Lucy. But we get enough information to know that really what's happening is that Lucy's hurting herself, um, and she eventually she cuts she well she cuts her own wrists, and then she, um, she cuts her throat basically while she's outside, and it's. Uh, it's very, it's really tragic to watch, actually. Um, you know, it's it, it's gruesome, but also really tragic. And I think for me, the the girl that plays Anna Moyana, I think it is, she just does such a good job of of doing everything you need as an audience member. So you sort of um, you sold the the story through her. Um, you know, this girl that she's obviously, like you say, she's 
her whole emotional support system and I think they're, they're, they're everything to each other. So it's, um, you know, you th- I, or at least, I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I sort of felt feel that loss. Um, but also, you know, it's, is there a piece to it? I don't know. It's very difficult. I guess there isn't a piece to it, really. Um, no, then- I think it's, uh, uh, it's something that comes up later in the film, but it's, it's someone that's broken at that point, isn't it? Hey, someone yeah. that's that's tortured to the point where they've given up. You know, they can't take it anymore. Yeah, there's, there's, well, yeah, to the point where, yeah, there's sort of, you know, there's no turning back, no turning back, really. Um, what I will say in this first part is they cut to the dead family a lot, and uh, certainly the. The actress who plays the little girl, she does such a good job of being dead. Uh, <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like when they cut to her, you're like, oh, that's a dead body. You know what I mean? Like, you... I know that might be a weird thing to say, but because I think she cut her eyes open the whole time, but she does such a good job of like, you know, not moving, not even moving her eyes. It yeah. just, it's a very, very convincing performance of a dead body. Um, so, that's all the sort of part one part, really. Um, because... Yeah. So that... The thing that we talked about there, and there's there's a lot of... of sort of good stuff that's, that's sort of baked into it and is, is built up so far. But it was at this point where I just thought, you know, why... No, no, you know, you know what? This is... Wrong place to say this. I'm going to say it a little bit later. <laughs> so, I mean, you can edit that out, or no, we no, can no. just leave it as sizzle. <laughs> no, no, I'll see how it comes out. Um, so, yeah, so that's the sort of end of part one, really. So, in part two, um, Anna sort of discovers within a cupboard, um, sort of leading down into a... It's like a sort of underground lab, really. Underground lab basement thing. And down there... Dungeon, yeah. Down there she finds a horribly tortured woman uh, who she manages to get out of the basement and back into the house. And I think at this point, of course, Anna realises that Lucy knew exactly what was was going down. And, um, you know, she feels bad for not having believed her that, you know... That this that these were the people who did the awful things to her when she was a child, um, and of course we have this this woman who's um, she's got this metal strapped to her, metal strapped to her face, and what's well, not strapped is it? It's it's, it's nailed full in. on stapled in. Yeah, it's yeah. real gross. Yeah, and of course, and Anna is I, I like Anna because she's sort of possibly one of the most caring people in the world. Um, you know, she looked after this girl when she was younger. She's met this woman who she doesn't know and she tries her best to make her as comfortable as she can and save her. Um, well, I guess there's a, a thing to be said there about how people react to trauma, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that the, the people, you know, that there's no one size fits all response and that Anna 
it's not really explicit, but you know, it's it's implied that she's, you know, from a, a broken home or, or you know, abandoned in somewhere, and she uses that to nurture and to help people. While uh, Lucy is driven by vengeance, you know, she's her yeah. abuses. She feels that the need to to get closure is to to take the people that did it out. Yeah, and fair play to her. You know, like you say, you sort of, um, like you said earlier, you sort of end up getting that spirit of vengeance. You know, oh, fair play to her, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, it does make the uh, the opening scene a lot easier to stomach in <laughs> retrospect, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I, well, I don't know that it does, actually, because it been this, this <laughs> was my second time round. I was still like, um, yeah, this is a lot. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So what happens next is that um, some people show up to the house and, well, Anna gets captured and she gets spoken to by the, is it Mademoiselle or just Mademoiselle? Uh, Uh, Yeah, just Mademoiselle. Mademoiselle. Uh, Who talks to her about um, the sort of, it's like the sort of depth of torture really and, and, the the level between being a victim and martyrdom. Um, okay, so this this is the point where things started falling apart for me here. Because okay, and this is where I thought that the, the use of the you know, the undead monster woman in the the first act of the film, like she shouldn't have been there at all because. Right we're setting up this as like Lucy is the POV character for that mm-hmm. bit, which is why we see her demons. Mm-hmm. But then later we have the same thing happen to a different character and we don't see it. So either Lucy's our POV character for the whole thing, or she's not. And she's not because she commits suicide at the end of the first act. So that means Anna's our POV character for the film. Mm -hmm. So we should never see that woman. Yeah. Yeah. Or we should just see it the second time. We should, you know, we should see that the woman with the, you know, the head strapping, we should see what she sees so that it's consistent because if it's not, it just feels like a mess to me. Uh, like I say, I say I see it as a as a film of two halves for me. You, the first half is telling Lucy's story, and the second half is well, it's, it's an awful story for Anna, but um, it it it's telling her story. So I think, like I say, it's a, for me, it's a game of two halves. So I never really, I never really thought about it like that, but it is a valid point. Um. Anyway, so um, well, Anna gets tortured, doesn't she? Um, in possibly some of the most horrific ways, or at least they feel very horrific. Um, yeah, I they like it, it, it is horrific, and the stuff that they were they were showing, I'd say that certainly the one scene where the guy just, just beats the shit out of her, they are like it was very like troubling and mm-hmm. icky and unpleasant. But do you not think it just goes on so long that you get bored of it? Um, not for me. It's just it's it's just long enough. But I have um, 
I've got odd memories of this film because I remember that whole scene having no uh, soundtrack behind it, whereas this time it definitely does have some uh, sort of, you know, soundtrack. But I remember it being very visceral and very, um, like I say, just sort of stuck in the moment, really, you know, because I didn't I, I didn't feel it as much this time round, and it didn't feel as brutal as I remember it being. And in fact, I thought the first half was more brutal. Um, I think what the first half does really well is that it, it shows a lot of, like, uh, I don't want to say implied violence, because it's very clear what's going on. Hmm. It doesn't really show the impacts so much. Uh but you know, it sort of like shows a person slashing and then cutting away to the reaction a lot. Yeah, so yeah. It's all feeling like very fast, but you're not really seeing the gore. You're seeing the reaction to it a lot of the time. So yeah. I think that that makes the first bit seem so impactful. And, and also I think because it always seems quite abrupt with it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as the guy opens the door, it's bang. You know, it, it's it's more shocking in the first half than it is in the second. Yeah. I think most people would say, you know, that the sort of second half is, oh, I don't know actually um, what most people would say. I think when I first watched it, I certainly, I certainly found more of the second half more shocking, but as I say, I've got a different memory of it really. Um, but there are some horrible scenes in there. And I think, I think, you know, the sort of force feeding, I find I find the force cutting of hair actually found that really um sort of generally upsetting. Um there's some point there's some points where they're a little bit nice to her, which is even harder to watch at some points. Um but I have said to you, I think, in the past that it does start getting silly towards the end. Um because they do the final thing that they do to her is they are they flare, don't they? Really? Yeah. So they take all the skin off her, and um, it, it just it just doesn't look good enough to be convincing for me. No, no. I, I I've said that to you in the past that it does start getting silly towards the end because um, we see that Anna sort of sees the afterlife, or at least she sees something, and she tells the Mademoiselle exactly what she's seen, and um, she shoot. Well, the Mademoiselle shoots herself. Which um, I've always found kind of interesting. I definitely had a sort of, well, not a debate, but spoke to a friend after having seen it about you know, what exactly you think she said to her. But I guess it's it's so vague and, and out there. It, it, it's hard to say, really. But because um, it's like, I, I don't get from the Mademoiselle whether she kills herself because she wants to get to the place or because she's trying to avoid a thing. Or It's a bit difficult, but it's certainly... It certainly does get a little bit silly towards a sort of back end. Um, but I think, yeah, overall, I still quite like it. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's... No, I don't like it. <laughs> that, that That's, yeah, that, that ending is where I think I could see, I could see exactly what the filmmaker's thought <laughs> process was, or it's certainly what it looked like it to me. Yeah. So it, it it looks like the film has just gone. How would a person react if they knew definitively about the afterlife? And 
that's where it all falls apart for me because you can see that there's there's an idea with storytelling is that you should have a list of things that happen and then you should connect those things and you should connect them by saying like thing A happens. As a result, thing B happens. Because of thing C, thing D happens. And each one should lead into the other. Right. And it looks like this the, the filmmaker has gone, this is the, the question that I'm asking, the point that I want to get to. And the the sin is that he's got these list of events. And instead of because of, as a result of, it's always and then, and then. So thing A happens, and then thing B happens, and then thing C happens. Mm. You know, we, we, we know that Lucy's gone to the house because of the trauma. So, you know, it starts off good. But then the, this cult show, that's, they, they haven't been... They haven't been brought there, you know. There's there's a flimsy excuse that the phone was off the hook, but we we never know that anyone's trying to call. You know, there's never any real reason why they would just show up and why why Anna is this martyr. And it's it just feels like someone's just gone right. This 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 gets to this thing that I want to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it feels shallow and for philosophical as a result and just as an excuse to just film some torture porn <laughs> and it's like i just thought you know you know we we you know everyone that has at some point questioned religion has, has always thought if there is a heaven you know why don't people speed up the process to get there and that's why every religion in the world says that suicide's a sin because there would be no religion if it wasn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. You know, you're, you're promising eternal bliss. You have to stop people getting there themselves. You know, that's the whole idea. So the film's the film's given us that question and they, they've answered it by saying this, you know, the mademoiselle knows what's at the afterlife. So that's it. There's no point anymore. You know, right. if you know the ending of a film, there's no point watching the film. And that's that's where they've got to. And then it just, once that happened, all the dominoes just fell and it just felt like, what was even the point of all the rest of it before? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you could have got to the same, you could have got to the same place at the end differently and better for me. Right. I, I don't think you like this very much. I didn't, truth be told, no. <laughs> no. Um, no. Well, I've got to admit that this second viewing, I, I still find, I still find it quite affecting, but more in the first half than I did in the second. Um, but partly because my memories of it were not the same, uh, um, and. I've always thought I always thought the ending was a bit silly anyway, um, but I never I never I never bothered about it before. But I certainly didn't get as much out of it this time. And I think if I went back and reviewed my top five foreign movies, it wouldn't it wouldn't make it into my top five. I don't think. Um, I still think it's got a reputation that 
Well, it, it deserves because it is it is brutal and it is it, um it certainly does a lot of things very well you know yeah. particularly in that first act you know you know the way that it that it does film that violence and the way that it shots the violence i i think just i won't say all of the things that i didn't like about the film they were they were all in the script right in terms of you know direction performance uh sound all of that stuff like you know no problems at all with that a lot of it was really good but I just, you know, I'm a story guy when it comes to films. That's that's what I like. You know, I'm mm. not, as I often get a lot of people hung up on visuals and I, I do often think, you know, is that even that much of an issue for me? And it, you know, truth be told, it's it's not what I, you know, really focus on. And, you know, I, I, I like story. You know, I, I, really industry storytelling in, in all sorts of forms. And, and I think this is where the film fell down. But yeah. that's, that's not to write it off completely, of course, because like I say, it does all that other stuff very well. Yeah. 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 I think I always was aware that the story was a bit, um, <laughs> not, uh, not up to much. Cause it certainly does. I, I mean, I, I've always quite liked the way it sort of takes a U-turn, but, um, you know, the way that you talk about it, it does sort of, it just sort of, sort of drive you there, doesn't it, without actually really um, moving the story forward. It just goes, like you like you said, it's a very much and then. Oh, and now this yeah, happens. It, yeah, yeah. Like you feel that it could just sort of solve all of its problems just with a couple of little scenes added, a couple of scenes taken out, mm-hmm. you know, a few different bits here and there. Mm. You know, yeah. and... and You'd, you'd be for me, but again, I, I'm in the minority in this, so you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, claiming authority for sure. And, and obviously, we we always encourage people to make their own minds up. Absolutely, absolutely. But that's why we're here, isn't it? You know, we we get to chat about these things and you know think about each other's opinions and you know figure out what we like. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. The question is, is this movie effed up? Um, yeah, for me it is. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the way just... that the, the way that I, I'm looking at these as are they fucked up or not, and is it if this happened in the real world, like this would be massive news, wouldn't it? This is a, a cult going around torturing people for news and the afterlife. So, yeah, it's it's messed up. It's it's effed up. Good. Um, oh well, that's something. Um, I must admit, I was a bit because I messaged you earlier in the day because when I watched, it, I was like, uh, "It's." I actually thought it was. I don't know whether it was more messed up than I thought it was going to be, but I just thought, "Meh," you know. I I don't know what I thought about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I thought now. Uh, so let's uh, get into some of the um, well, the reviews from the sort of critics as he works. Got a 710 on IMDb, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. That's pretty well reviewed, yeah. I mean, Letterboxd especially loves this movie, yeah. That now. There was a remake for this in 2015, 
which um, by all accounts is really bad. Um, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. And I, I, I understand that it, it just, well, it just loses any of any of what makes that, that good one, that first one great. Um, although actually what I will say about, about Martyrs is, this might sound like a weird thing to say, but I don't often notice that it's in French. Um, to me, it just, just drives forward nicely. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not highly focused on the subtitles, but then that might be like you say, because the story's not really there to watch. Yeah, I think there's well, you know, there's, there's long spells without dialogue and things like that, isn't there as yeah. well? Now we did get a few Facebook comments uh, about this one, so let's have a look. I mean, the first thing to note is that Sam asked is that if this is the movie about Batman and Superman's moms, which I thought was very good. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that that scene that scene in Batman versus Superman is worse than anything in this film as well. So you know that. Why did you say oh, that name? Oh, they're going to come after me, aren't they? <laughs> so Chris said, I watched it following all the hype about it. And whilst it was okay and some good stuff there, I was disappointed. Uh, the French original is more graphic, which doesn't make it much better. Uh, another film for me that was a great idea and promised much, but didn't deliver too much at the end. Um, yeah, which Chris is on my team. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, in fairness, oh, Chris. Brian has said, this film isn't worth the hype. It's good, but it's not the film people talk about. However, if I'd watched this, know nothing about it, I'd probably love it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I watched it knowing more or less nothing about it. I knew that the though that it was graphic and you know effed up, uh, and it delivered on that part of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not not on everything else. I think you know. I think I saw it without knowing anything about it. And sometimes these films can be the victim of re- the reputation. Um, I found that actually watching The Raid two recently that I, I, someone told me it was the greatest action film of all time, and I've heard that, but I didn't think so. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I do try to go in cold as much as I can for for yeah, that reason. Yeah, um, but also I do love it when you hear the hype and you see a film that lives up to it as well. That's, that's also a great feeling. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, so let's drop our own reviews. Um, like I say, I had this at the top of my foreign languages, but I, I'm going to give it a new, it's spooky because, um, I didn't think it was bad, but, it weren't good either. <laughs> That's like, which, no, is why, I think, which is why we have the U. It's spooky. Yeah, I think we've 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 poked a few holes in it there, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I, personally, I think like all the you know the torture stuff is not great. It's actually awful, but it looks it it looks good. But um, I think I just uh, yeah. No, I'm sticking with who it's spooky. I don't know. No point. No point hammering at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go for the same. Uh, yeah. You know, I've. I have many, many problems with this film, but I do think that the the filmmaking involved, for the most part, is very good, and it is, you know, it is, it is violent and awkward to watch, which is 
you know what they're going for. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, it stays out of shape for that because it's you know it does do a lot of stuff well. Definitely effed up. Um, yes. Show. That was this is this is the third effed up uh, February. Next time we're going to be do we're going to be meeting with the developer of effed up February, Kyle. Yeah, we've got the headline act. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about Green Room, which is a movie I've never seen. Um, And I won't won't say too much, but it's a movie I have seen. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I've got got that on my list of movies that I've never seen. Uh, I might leave my review off Letterboxd, though, until after we talk about it. (laughs) Um, So... Let's get into the final slice of bread, and we're gonna we're gonna take it a bit easier now. Um, yeah, so this is this is based on one of the films that you've watched recently, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Uh, well, I watched a, a film called Rubber, which is about a killer car tire. Um, now, <laughs> so it's it's if you saw Christine and went. Not specific enough. <laughs> Only the tire's going to kill people now. Only the tire's going to kill people now. Now, I gave this movie a four stars, and it got one extra star based on the fact that it shouldn't be as good as it is. Um, <laughs> it, well, I mean, just in premise alone, like it shouldn't be good at all. So I'm, I'm shocked to hear four stars. Yeah, well... It does. It's not just loosely based around that. It does have a sort of. It is definitely a comedy, and there are some sort of secondary elements around there. And it is sort of, um, you know, stupid in its way. And you know, the, there are actors knocking around, and <laughs> right at the beginning, uh, you know, someone comes on camera and and says, "Look, don't worry about this. It don't. You don't need to know why this is happening. <laughs> it's just. It's just happening." So it it's good and a bit sort of self uh, like oh, self referential, I suppose. So I, I enjoy I enjoyed it a, a lot more than I was expecting to. And not not only that, the sort of um, the filming of the tire moving on its own is is really quite good. Um, it has psychic powers, by the way. If you're wondering how it kills people, um, it vibrates. Does, does it just run them over? It, no, it vibrates and makes people explode. That's uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I would actually recommend it. If anybody's listening, you know, it's stupid. Don't go in expecting a great film, but it, it's stupid enough to, and like I say, I, I gave it, it probably is a three-star movie, but I gave it an extra star because it, it's like, this is about a tire. It shouldn't be this good. Um. So, yeah. Um. But so I was going to pose the question: If we, uh, if we were to make a film with a sort of inanimate object killing people, what would you go with? Um, okay. So what I thought for this is I just looked around my house <laughs> and thought, what what would trouble me the most if it gained sentience? And I'm not going to pick just one, but it's the the collection. It it's books. Oh, because books are already full of knowledge, yeah, and information. So 
if anyone's going to be able to kill you and also get away with it, it's a book. Yeah. Oh, and plus they're heavy. Yeah, they're, they're heavy. They, they've sometimes got sharp edges. Uh, you know, they could do the uh, you know death by a thousand paper cuts. So you, you could easily kill someone with a book, especially if like I, a... I think John Wick did in one of those movies. Oh, maybe so. Maybe so. Good old John Wick. Um, you know, I thought about Lego. That was my thing. I was thinking about Lego sucks. You know, like no, I just... we, we like making it, but standing on it is one of the worst things in the world. Um, you do you do a long build, and then the way that your thumbs feel after, oh, awful. And uh, oh yeah, sometimes try to pry them apart when it won't happen. Absolute worst. Uh, yeah, the first time that I use one of those little tool thingies. A little orange thing. Oh, what a day that was. Game changer. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the the, the Lego itself could float down someone's throat and kill them a bit. Yeah, again, you know, sharp edges, if you you know, those corners. Well, you know, if the the Lego itself kept going from, like, house to house and getting more and more Lego, it could get really big. Before you know, before you know it, you've you've gone from standing on a piece of Lego to monster movie. To the Lego standing on you, exactly. And there you go. You see, you've gone full that, circle. That, yeah, that could be the end of it—a world devoid of humans, just where Lego with stands sentient on you. Lego just talking about how painful it is to stand on a human. That's a good movie. We need to make, make it. Yeah, that, that's that's what they should have done with the Lego movie. Yeah. That's time to start creative psychopath productions. You know, we need to make that slasher version of the Spice World movie first, but then... Uh, yeah, as soon as someone gives us some money, we'll be in business, won't we? <laughs> and some, bit, some money... Speaking of which, made... we're launching a Patreon. First here's, <laughs> you know, about $30 million. Yeah. Uh, that, for that, you get nothing. Um, one well, you get to see the movie. One bonus episode a year. One day, one day, I am gonna we do we'll do a Patreon, but not today. <laughs> Unless you really want to give us thirty million dollars. <coughs> Unless you really want a Patreon, and I suppose we could do it. I don't know what we'd do though. <laughs> Let us know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's it. Yeah, the... I would. I would see the Lego movie. Yeah, me too. Actually, I, I, I've done all right there. Um, initially, I was going to go for a Nerf gun, but uh, I thought that's just annoying more than it is. Although they're quite painful, Nerf. You know, when you get a decent Nerf shot, quite sore. But it's not deathly, is it? You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like the Austin Powers thing when the guy throws a shoe. It's annoying, but it is. <laughs> it is just a shoe. Honestly, who throws a shoe? Uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the nerf would have to gain some sort of matter changing ability where it it gets harder and or, or sharper. Oh, harder and sharper, beautiful. I mean, uh, I guess that just becomes a gun then, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And well, they are. No, is it still a gun if there's no? There's no gunpowder. Elaborate what? catapult. What about if there's no treason or plot either? 
Uh, I, I don't know what I'm talking about now. Um, that was a Guy Fawkes reference for everybody out there. <laughs> a beautiful Guy Fawkes re- reference right here. You're, in re- the- you're ready for nine months from now. Exactly right here in November. I've given you... Uh, no, it's effed up February. Anyway, we're waffling now, so let's just get... Uh, um, Facebook groups, Instagram, Letterboxd, follow them all. Should we go? Yeah, just creative psychopaths anywhere that there's any social media and you can you can follow us and see what we say about things. I'm sure you were about to say and you can fuck off. Um, no, that's our job now. <laughs> yeah, let's go then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.